Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 4th of September 2019 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. On August the 15th this year, Hong Kong sacrificed for the Hungry Ghost Festival. People gathered and burned paper money on the streets and gave offerings to lonely souls that were wandering the streets after the gates of hell opened on the first day of the month. Now that the gates of hell are once again sealed and the wandering ghosts are trapped inside, we thought it might be safe to share a story from Helena that was told in our April show that had the theme, Transitions. After Helena's story, we'll hear a story from Sherry about her own brush with the supernatural. Before we make ourselves shiver with today's stories, though, a warm and supportive hug goes out to our hometown listeners in Hong Kong. We know you have a lot of other things on your mind lately, and we appreciate you taking time to listen to our stories. Hellos go out, too, to our listeners around this world. Today, particularly to listeners in St. Bruno de Montreville in Canada, Narrabeen in Australia, and New Delhi in India. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Our next live show is coming up on Wednesday, 11th of September at the Fringe Club. The theme this month is Flipped, and our host Jen has been gently guiding the tellers towards their best stories to tell on stage. You can get tickets at www.hongkongstories.com. We also have the brand new Student Story Slam coming up in October, giving a chance for students in Hong Kong aged 11 to 18 years to get up on stage and tell their stories. If you're a student or an educator, go to the website to find details on the competition, how you can enter, and guides and notes on creating your best story. Click the link for the Student Story Slam on the top of the website, hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Now with a story from the April show with the theme transitions, here is Helena. Do you believe in ghosts? They're all around us right now, and I'm terrified of them. But I was not a believer in spirits in the past. All of these only existed in my mind, in my imaginations, never in reality. It all changed when I went on a trip to Thailand with my colleagues. So, you see, my colleagues believed in different religions. Two teachers were Taoists. One was a strong believer in Buddhism. Three atheists. And me, a practicing Christian who rarely goes to church. And then one very special lady. Let's call her V. V is a confident and loud person. Someone who's honest about her thoughts and is definitely not a drama queen who would seek attention from others. When I first met Fee, she told me, I could see ghosts. And on that night in Thailand, she didn't want to come near the pool inside the resort. She said there was something there. But when I asked her, where that something was, 
she whispered, Let's talk about this tomorrow morning. Not now. The night went on with drinks, gossips, and jokes until V's loud chit-chatting stopped. Her voice fell, her expression darkened, and she began to act strangely. Her hands were placed on her head, and her body was rocking back and forth. With a skeptical tone, I asked her, Are you uncomfortable because of that something? And she gave a weak yes, but added, Don't talk about it. This will attract its attention. The rocking back and forth got even worse, which eventually gained attention of my other colleagues. Once I told them that I think, you know, V might be disturbed or haunted by a spirit, they began to review their true colors. Surprisingly, it was the atheists who tried to deal with this matter first, but not by calling an ambulance, but by playing Christian songs, as suggested by Google. Okay, I was expecting to hear something like uh, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound You know, something like that But instead, I heard something like Have a jolly, jolly Christmas It's the best time of the year I mean, obviously it did not work So the Buddhist stepped in She took out this wooden bead bracelet And explained it's some kind of a protection charm against negative energy. And she put it on V. V, for a very brief moment, seemed to slow down on her rocking back and forth. But the effect didn't last long. Her hand was slightly twisted, starting to twist in this angle that I don't believe I could achieve. And then her eyes were slowly rolled back to the whites. And she needed three people to hold her still. You know, one holding her from the back like this, and then two grabbing onto her limbs to avoid her from hitting her head towards the corner of the bed. I was one of those grabbing onto her limbs. She said one of the things we did kind of worked, but she refused to tell us what the thing was, or more like she was not allowed it to, because she kept on murmuring, it doesn't allow me. So we didn't know what to do and we kept on doing the things we did before until two words popped up from her mouth. Hail Mary. Hail Mary? What's Hail Mary? I have no idea what it is. And the word hell doesn't sound good to me. But still, I Google it and I typed in H-E-L-L, Mary. Thank God, the suggested results function exists in Google. Because when I type in that, the result H-A-I-L, Mary, plus the word prayer popped up instead. 
Turns out V was a Christian too, and the prayer, Hail Mary, was the key of helping her. So immediately I read out the prayer, and I must admit, when I urged V to repeat the prayer with me, I did not feel I was a more devout Christian. It felt more like I was one of those witches in Western TV dramas, you know, waiting for the fire to burst out of the ground as we chant spells. Because at one point, I was actually holding V's hand high up in the air, and together we were shouting, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, sinners and the, at the hour of our death, you know, over and over again. And when she eventually spoke all the words of the prayer, her hand, the twisting of her palm and the rolling back of her, of her eyes stopped and she regained her voice. She was shouting, ah, this is so embarrassing, shit, 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 as she hid under the sheets. That's when we knew our V was back. I didn't invite my colleagues to this show tonight because to them, I acted like I was excited, curious, and unafraid. But in truth, it left a mark on me. Knowing that I am not truly alone when I'm in a dark, empty room scares me. The feeling of being observed by beings that I can't see frightens me. But I know it's so important to face one's fear instead of avoiding it. So by telling you these stories, it's also admitting that it's true, it happened. And it's also telling you, all of you, no matter humans or something else, that I acknowledge your existence. And I pray that I can find the right way to coexist with all of you. Thank you. An experience like Helena's can leave us very unsettled, but we'll take her lead and try and find a way to coexist with everyone too. Helena found her way up onto our stage the same way everyone does, by coming to a free workshop. You can join us, meet some interesting people, and learn how to tell your story in the best way you can through the website hongkongstories.com. We promise it won't be as frightening as Helena's story. And now, just in case you need a little extra shiver down your spine, with a story from June 2017, here is Sherry. Mingala West was a restaurant on the Upper West Side of New York, on Amsterdam Avenue, right about 75th Street. And I was there because I had recently been deported from Burma for having a clandestine meeting and interview with Aung San Suu Kyi. And a group of Burmese dissidents living in New York had arranged a dinner for me and a small group of them to tell them about my trip and conditions back in their homeland. So after a lot of Rohingya noodles and tea leaf salad and a lot of talking, the restaurant was showing signs of closing. I went downstairs to use the bathroom. And halfway down on the landing, I saw a very strange sight. There was a pigeon resting with its head against the wall and a very pained expression. 
When I went back upstairs, I tracked down the wait staff and I said, you have a dying pigeon in your stairwell. Maybe you need to do something about that. No, it's okay, they said. He sleeps here every night. <laughs> a few months later, Mingala West closed. And maybe it's because I had kept birds as a child or whenever someone asked that silly schoolyard question, if you could be any kind of animal, what would you be? I always said a bird. I really wondered what happened to the pigeon. So I tracked down the owner. Mingala West, he told me, never made much money over the years. He kept it open as a meeting place for Burmese dissidents and exiles. And when the landlord doubled the rent, he had no choice but to close it down. Before that, he told me, his name was Jatala. Before that, Jatala told me, the place was a Japanese fusion restaurant called Nishi. And it was run by an American man and his Japanese partner. And they sometimes had meetings there for psychics. The American man had died of AIDS, and the Japanese partner went back to Japan, and the restaurant closed. Enter the Burmese. In order to meet a date deemed auspicious by a Burmese astrologer, they rushed renovations, and they neglected to hold a traditional Buddhist ceremony called a payat, which is meant to cast out lingering spirits and ensure prosperity. So a few months after the restaurant opened, Jatala told me, a pigeon started coming to the door every evening right about sunset. Sometimes it would be patiently waiting outside. Sometimes it would tap its beak on the glass, waiting to be let in. And the Burmese, inside, being Buddhists, believed that a pigeon that walked and never flew and asked in its own way to be let in must be someone the reincarnation of someone with a previous connection to the premises. They had no choice but to let it in. So the pigeon, Jatala told me, would walk to the back of the restaurant and descend one stair at a time, put its head against the wall, and go to sleep. In the morning, it would be waiting to be let out again. So I asked him, what happened to the pigeon? He had no idea. But I said, well, isn't it kind of tragic, you know, this, this being that everybody believed was the reincarnation of, of, a, of a person, the former owner of the restaurant, has been cast out of his home, out of his, lost his place in the world? It's his fate, Jatala said. It happened to us too. Mingala West remained closed, the storefront that was Mingla West remained closed for about 18 months. And every Tuesday night I had to work late at my magazine job in New York. And I would direct the taxi driver to take Amsterdam Avenue home so I could pass by and see if anything had opened up in its place. And walking around my neighborhood on the Upper West Side, I sometimes would see a pigeon walking down the sidewalk and wonder if this was the pigeon the reincarnated pigeon that it's lost its home to. And then I wondered a lot about reincarnation. You know, 
Buddhists believe that you start out as a lower life form, lower down on the hierarchy, and by doing good works and living a good life, you work your way up to being human. And if you do something bad, you get sent down again and have to keep trying. But I wondered, what if it's better to be a bird? I mean, think of all the things that you're all worried about right now. And what if the only thing you had to worry about was, hey, where's that lady who comes to the park and brings us breadcrumbs? She's kind of late today. (laughs) Or, who am I going to get to mate with me? Well, I guess we all have to worry about that. (laughs) Eventually, the storefront had a reincarnation of its own, a flower shop called Gotham Gardens. I went by shortly after it opened to meet the new owners and to see what had happened. They were a gay couple also, and they had a love of animals, and they believed in the spirit world. And they told me when they first opened, they had found some Burmese oil paintings uh, underneath the stairwell, and they didn't want to get rid of them because they thought it would be bad karma. So I said, I have a strange question for you. By any chance, have you seen a pigeon come to your door? Actually, yes. It's funny you ask, they said. On our first day that we opened, we had the door open, and a pigeon came up and loitered around outside, looking like it wanted to come in. But we'd brought our dog, Maggie, to work with us that day, and the pigeon, seeing the dog inside, never crossed the threshold. The pigeon was never seen again. Thanks for listening to today's story, brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.